Hey, everybody, the Vintage Strength Games are coming to Clayton, North Carolina on June 2nd to the 4th. June 2nd to the 4th. Go to VintageStrengthGames.com for more information and to sign up. Also, make sure you go on Facebook and you join the Vintage Strength Games Facebook group. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. My name is Fred Moore, and today my guest is a very nice woman. Her name is Crystal Johnson. She's from Georgia. She discovered Steel Mace, Steel Club training uh, while trying to figure out how to uh, revive her health because she has cerebral palsy. And in the process of her navigating through social media like the rest of us have to, you know, come across this awesome modality, she discovered all the, the people that were involved. One of them being Andrew Emsley, who is, you know, a frequent flyer here on the podcast. He's from Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, we've had really deep dive discussions. And uh, Crystal here... Uh, really resonated with what what Andrew was saying. So she connected with him. And through that, she was able to expand her Steel Mace uh, training. So uh, welcome to the show, Crystal. Thanks for coming on. Not a problem, Fred. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so before we hit record, you were just giving me a little background info. And I, as usual, I always stop my guests abruptly and say, hold on a minute. We got to hit record because you're, you're talking about too much good stuff here. So please, let's dive in with the situation that you were having about two years ago. You said you were in such bad shape that uh, you would wind up on the floor and you'd have to call for help. So okay, start there. Start there. We'll get into everything else. Let me back up. Okay, I was born in 75. I was born in 1975. So I'm from that generation. And I'm going to jump all the way forward. I was born with cerebral palsy. I'm going to jump all the way forward. I've managed that in the typical ways. But I've always been an atypical person. I've always looked at life and said, okay, this is life. How do I fit into it? Somebody telling me that I couldn't do something because I had a certain diagnosis was crazy to me. Like, it never resonated. Because I'm like, oh, really? You're, you think I can't? I'm about to show you. So fast forward to where you want me to kick off. It's 2020, and I tear my rotator cuff severely. And doctors are wanting to put me in physical therapy. And having known that background, I was like, okay, incredibly boring, incredibly painful, no. <laughs> but I knew I had to move. I knew enough to know that if I didn't move, I was about to lose the use of my right arm. That was a real fear. That was not a made-up fear in my head. It was real. 
So I was like, okay, let's find a way to move. So I discovered ropes. Then I discovered uh, Hardcore Hanson out of Texas. Love you, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Craziest woman ever. But she had the mace on one hand and the rope in the other. And I thought, what in the world is she doing? Like, what is this? And my first thought was, I'd never be able to do that. I'll never do that. Well, there are several reasons for that. One was the actual strength that it would take to flow a mace. I had no idea what that was. Secondly, due to my past and past abuse, I've had some run-ins with a frying pan. So I thought, okay, steel wire, cast iron? No, thank you. Don't want it. Wait a minute. You you had some run-ins with what? The same thing that they use to make a steel mace out of. I was almost, I was abused with a, a frying pan. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clear. Yeah, you're 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 exactly right. Uh, I mean, the the shock on your face was the shock on mine whenever it happened. Yeah. But I, the universe can be very ironic sometimes. And I had already watched Leo, a couple of Leo's lives, and he's always talked about the story behind your flow, right? And I was like, what a beautiful story, Crystal. If you could turn that very implement that was used to almost take your life and definitely scare the life out of me, okay, um, into an art form. So I chose the seven pound mace, not only because it was the lightest that I could get my hands on, but also because it was the average, the size of the average human heart, which spoke to me greatly. And I never will forget the day that my mace came out of the box. I cried like a baby, not because I was scared or, or whatever. It was just like, wow. What am I about to get into? Well, that led me to following everybody I could find. And you know, the rabbit hole of, of social media in the best way possible. But then, you know, I just, it led me to people like Andrew and you and Gypsy and Leo and Slush and everybody, you know, the, 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 the movement family which is totally defined movement for me because now movement is fun. It's not boring anymore. Yeah. It's not boring. Now, the situation with the floor, kind of ironic. I went from back in 2020 and before, I would have to call people like you, firefighters, and do what's called a lift assist. I don't know if they use that in PA, but they use it in Georgia. Where you the, just go. We do them, yeah. We do lift assists all yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, I I didn't know if you use the term the same terminology. Yeah, we do. But yeah. you you would just call and I would just call and say, hey, you know, can can I get can I get engine six or can I get nine one one because it's crystal. I'm at this this address. 
and I've fallen on the floor. You need to go to the hospital. Now I just need help getting up because because of all the, my cerebral palsy in itself is not a big ball of wax. Really, it's it's not that hard to deal with. What's hard to deal with is the injuries that come from your instability. So, you know, occasionally you trip. Occasionally you tear something or whatever. That's hard to deal with. The rest of it is just life. So I went from being picked up on the floor once or twice a month to swinging really strange stuff and now creating creating art with it and I look forward to the rest of the journey. So you you called the fire department and they came and they would pick you up. They knew you. They got they, yeah, you, you were they, you called them so got, often. Yeah. You called, I called yeah. them I called them so often that even now if somebody gets injured in this building yeah. Or they automatically come to the third floor. It's so funny to me. And I, I'm not being light or or flippant or fartish about it. It's just ironic to me that they can look at me and go, hey. Hello. Nope. Now me today, guys. Bye. See you later. <laughs> but they automatically sometimes will think that it's me. Yeah. And it's not. That's that's actually uh, something I I experienced too. We have the same thing. We have people such as you, who we just see all the time, and we help them out however we can. And then sometimes it, 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 we'll go to that address, just thinking we're going to see to see that person again. No, no, it's not me this time. It's the other person. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah. now tell me. Okay, so. Uh, two years ago, the fire department has to come and pick you up all the time. They know you by first name. They come there yeah. all the time. And then what happens? Two years later, you have an encounter with them, but not not the later, same encounter. Two, two years later, I'm sitting, well, let me, about a year and a half ago, as I started my journey, I'm walking through Kroger. Everybody knows me in there. I've been going there for five years. And up walks the lovable person from Engine 6. And I instantly recognized the person, like, you know. And I was like, hey, man, thanks, appreciate you. And I'm walking past and pushing the grocery cart. And they're expecting wheelchairs and all this. And I'm like, no. Well, the last time that happened was like, a few weeks ago, somebody was called to my building. I could see the engine from my window. So I was kind of like preparing myself going, all right, here they got the kids looking for me, right? Well, I was in the middle of swinging clubs. And I was counting my reps, right? So yeah. I'm counting. I'm in the middle of reps because I have goals to do. I've got certs that I want to do within this next year. So that I can teach it and I'm counting my reps and they open my door because they know how to do that and they look at me and I'm swinging gloves it's like hi guys sorry not today 
you know, hope you find the person, but not today. So the irony is, of, you know, I'm forever grateful for people like you because that's why, that's how I could live, could live on my own, especially back then. But as I've started my journey, especially with Andrew since December, I started training with Andrew in December, and it's just been insanely crazy. The little things that I've noticed, those little practical things like the, you know, flows getting easier and things like that, of course, but things like getting up and picking stuff up off the floor, it's so easy for me now versus what it used to be. So you know, you're training with Andrew via Zoom or uh, online? Yes. How, how many? Zoom right now. Okay, and how often do you train with him? I do it once a week unless he shouts me out and says, hey, Chris, well, you got, you got some time. <laughs> you know, because he, he's also notorious for doing that one as well. Yeah, and so what do you do when he reaches out like that? Do you jump on the opportunity or do you tell him, nah, I'm of too course. busy, I got... I got to go make uh, uh, ice or something like that. <laughs> well, one thing, I'm, I'm never too busy to grow. So I always, you know, I always try to, you know, unless I, I have something else, like another meeting, because there are meetings that I do. But, you know, if I, if I can any way squeeze it in, I definitely try to tell, you know, tell him, hey, you, <laughs> let's. Because we either end up in a philosophical discussion or a workout discussion. So, and either way, we're both growing, so it's great. All right. So let's take a second here because I want to just let everybody listening know that Andrew Emsley is at SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com. You can find him on Instagram at SleepyMonkeyMan. And... um he, I, I advertise for him on this podcast because he, his, his system that he trains is legit. It is legit. I 100% back it up. And, um, you know, I believe in his system. I've worked out with him. I've let him lead me and I've had fantastic workouts. And, uh, I've also walked away with like a, a stronger sense of, spirituality and a stronger sense of just sharpening my mind um so crystal do you have those same things happen to you when you train with him and you know of course is mace and clubs this thing that has opened up a new door for you what i love about training with andrew is he puts it all together and what I mean when I say he puts it all together, I don't know about your experience, Fred, but at least wouldn't. This podcast is brought to you by AddXClub.com. AddXClub.com for adjustable steel mace and adjustable steel club. Have you seen these things? Have you checked them out? Go to AddXClub.com and take a look at what they have. These are state-of-the-art mace technology at its finest made in the usa look at the adex arc it's in between lengths of the clubs and the mace so the the club is the shortest the arc is the next longest and then the mace is the longest 
but most people only train with either clubs or mace. How often do they go with an in-betweener? Technically, a arc is nothing more than a bulova, a short mace. Uh, but we don't call it that because we call it the arc. So go check it out. Check out everything there. And when you place your order, tell Don Fred sent you. You end up in this mill, for example. Okay, yesterday we were training and it was so crazy because I, I had my arm up here and I was like, wait a minute. You got me milling reverse, dude. Congratulations. He didn't tell me that. Okay. Yeah. He just said, move like this. I want to see if you can move like that. So he breaks it down to the point to where you need to break it down. But not only that, he got you in such a loving, compassionate, and hilarious, might I add, way that you end up where you want to be before you even know it. I mean, you end up like going, whoa, I didn't even know that was humanly possible for me. And I would say that, you know, to anybody in Pennsylvania, you're really lucky because if you've ever been counted out, talk to Andrew before you actually believe what the people that counted counted you out told you. Wow, that's huge. You know, what you're saying there is find people who will believe in you. And I, I that's that's for I don't care what your position is in life, that's what you gotta do. You gotta find people yeah. that believe in you. And you know it, I don't want to prattle on and on about Andrew here. I mean, this is this is going to get real gushy if we keep doing this. But let's just let's just say, you know, he's the kind of guy that will definitely um, believe in people. He believes he believes in what people can do. Yeah. Um, that's his like core uh, personality trait, I, I guess, for lack of better description. So. That's what you want in a personal trainer. So if you're not in Pennsylvania and you're somewhere in East Babalu, uh, on the <laughs> other side of the planet, you know, find somebody like Andrew <laughs> or yeah. just train with them online. So now, Crystal, the what were you doing for physical fitness prior to Steel Mace Steel Clubs? A lot of walking, a lot of squats. Um, I would, I would weight lift. I, I loved lifting tra traditional kettlebells. Never got into the flow because in order to flow right now, unless Andrew's online with me because I trust him to fight me, but in order to flow right now, I sit down because I'm just learning to integrate what's going on in my brain. The fact that my brain is actually turning off if you will, okay, to get into flow state versus the rest of my body, okay? So what's going on with my arm versus what's going on in my legs? I'm just learning to integrate those two. So I would do kettle, traditional kettlebell lifts. I would, <laughs> one day I went into a UFIT gym and I was on the leg press machine 
and I well, and I, I love challenges. The hardest part for me is getting on and off the machines. I can deal with the machines all day. But the funny part to me was I was in a UFIT gym, which is incredibly inclusive. I was looking at all of the trainers who were gentlemen. And they were standing over there eating their protein bars. Okay. And I'm looking at them as I'm in the middle of a leg press. And it's, guys, you blew it today. You totally blew it. You just messed this whole thing up. And they were like, why? I was like, this is the worst definition of you just got beat by a girl ever. Like, you know, I've always loved challenges. But I also write poetry, so the beauty of of gloves and maces, it's a challenge and an art form, one and the same. So it allows for both parts of that expression while challenging my body, but not over-challenging it. Because there are days when I don't feel like much. But then again, there are days when I feel like I'm on top of the planet. And both of those days, whether I pick up my one-pound clubs or my seven-pound steel mace, it doesn't matter what I pick up, I'm still flowing. So did you ever get a feeling of art form from doing kettlebells and traditional weightlifting? No, I didn't. Okay, so I now saw, that... I saw... I saw where it was possible for someone else to do it. What I didn't see is where it was possible for me. Yeah. I grew up with workout videos and everything that everybody else in my generation grew up with. And I got really sick of hitting the fast forward button. Going, can't do that one, can't do that one, can't do that one. But then see just five seconds at the end of the video that I could just smash. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I spent my money for five seconds. Big deal. With with Mace, I don't. I can remember the day that I saw Leo do an entire flow from the floor. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I mean, it just gives me so much more freedom. All right, but so what I'm able to do now, let me ask you this because maybe we have a similar experience here. I, I was like you, always into working out, uh, traditional style, discovered the mace, started to see it as a martial art, as an art form, uh, as, as, um, something that you could flow with, you could change your state of mind. And now, I, because of that, I see regular weightlifting and regular kettlebell work and all that stuff as an art form in of itself. It, you yeah. know, I was missing that all along. So now you, you could do the same thing now. Like you could do – now you know you could do kettlebells on the floor or right, something right. else. Well – I'll take it even deeper than that just for a moment, Fred. Now I look at my entire body as it is. 
not as I want it to be, but as it is, it's a work of art. Oh, that's beautiful. And we both know we both know who made it. Yes. I mean, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You're talking to a lady that when I was when I was born, I tried to die three or four times before I made it to the planet. So every time I pick up a mace, every time I pick up a a club. In essence, I look at it as saying thank you to myself for not giving up on myself, but also thank you to God and the universe for allowing me to be here and live this life. You know, so what my thing is, I have a life. I'm grateful for it. I want to express creation and the creator in a way that draws the rest of the world in a way that allows the rest of the world to see what's possible and and, and say thank you and then just have fun. I mean, who says workouts have to be boring? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. They don't have to be boring. And, of course, you know, we we get lost when we uh, pick up our mace and our clubs and we we start hitting it hard and we get caught up in it. We're having so much fun. And, you know, is it is your physical fitness level better now because you just got lost in it like that rather than the regimented mm -hmm. version of training that we grew up on where it's like you exercise for 30 minutes and you do and this is result. You know, as to now, hey, you know what? I just spent the past two and a half hours swinging a mace and a club around. I forgot to eat. Uh, yeah, I never did my laundry yeah. today. But you know what? It, I feel great. Is that is that a thing? That is a thing. And I love it. Um, one of the guys that just certified still mace level two, his name is Julio. Um, Julio Zara, I think, is the Instagram handle, but he gave me the most beautiful quote one day when he told me, flow state is your body saying thank you. How so? Meaning that when you go into that state, when you, when your body just goes, your body is actually saying thank you for letting me carry you around. Because we we could sit here and talk for hours, Fred, about how we know we are not this body. Hello. <laughs> We're a lot more than that. So flow state is the body and the mind coming together in that expression. Now, one of the th you talked about movements that were, you know, do, 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 do. I grew up, and I'm sure physical therapists these days are awesome. But I grew up where they would put my body into positions and not tell me why. Right. Okay. They never they never told me, Crystal, this is gonna help you in the long run. Okay. They just put me in a position that I lovingly call ouch. <laughs> 
And how did that make you feel? How did you perceive that? I knew I was doing something that I had to do. Like, I understood that point. What was hard for me to communicate at that point is I wasn't sure that those honest, honest, God-loving, kind people knew how bad that I was hurting. Oh, okay. Because they weren't diagnosed with my diagnosis. Okay? They were told to do a job thinking that they were benefiting people, and they were. Universe love them, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm saying I felt like there was a huge disconnect between what they were doing and realizing how I was feeling. Just like, I actually know what it feels like to wear a firefighter suit. I know how heavy that crap is, Fred. I've done it. I went back and had them put me on the truck. Okay? But I would not have known how to do that or how heavy that was if I hadn't done it. Right. I could listen to you talk about it all day long and still not know what that feels like on my body. So I was sitting there going, do these people really know how bad this hurts? Whereas now, even if I'm just flowing with one arm, I can flow with one arm. And it can be beautiful. And I guarantee you when I'm done, that one arm's going to have put in more reps, you know, which is a great thing in the mace world. You know that. What, in terms of getting in extra reps, getting in extra work? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so either way. What, what I'm saying is, even if I'm flowing with one arm, right? Even yeah. if, even if I, even if my body was totally busted that day, and I was flowing with just one arm, there's no way I can lose because <laughs> yeah. I'm getting an extra rep. Yes. So right, and 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 I tell people that do traditional weightlifting you know they just go to the gym to work out because they don't want to you know they want to have abs or they don't want to be flabby or whatever their you know reason is and they're they're stuck they they're like oh you know if you got any ideas you know like i i notice i can't get the last five pounds off or i notice i'm not keeping muscle i say yeah learn how to use a steel mace or what how would that help well, because you're going to do add it on top of what you're doing. So all that extra activity is going to burn more calories. You're going to use your muscles more. But like you indicated, Crystal, and this is something that a lot of people say, the type of training you do with a steel mace doesn't beat you up like the other stuff does. So you can do it. It almost adds like a um, – a, a rehab sort of effect to your training, right? So uh, going back to I you. Always, I always say training mace, training clubs, or training rope, because I train all three of the things, is like having a recovery day all the time. It's like doing rec the capability of doing a recovery day at the same time as you're training. 
Yeah. Because you can always flow something. Andrew worked yesterday with me, Andrew Emsley. Shout out my brother, I love you. Even the cat. But he was literally teaching me to move flowing with a two-inch stick. Now, I ask you, who in the world cannot lift a two-inch stick? Anybody. If you have fingers, you can lift a two-inch stick. (laughs) Okay? If you don't, I'm sure there's a way for it to be done. But there's there's no, I don't want to say no excuses because that's a harsh word, but there's nowhere flow cannot meet you. If there is, I literally haven't found it yet. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are working with clients uh, that have either, um, oh, what was the other one? Parkinson's, um, mm-hmm. which is another, uh, you know, affects affects people's uh, brains and everything. And right. they report doing uh, clubs, mace, helps them tremendously. So what they say is uh, that you're – you're going to develop new neuro pathways that you, you know, because you're doing a new skill, you're learning a new skill. So I would think with somebody such as yourself, Crystal, you have cerebral palsy. This is something that you have to be vigilant against, right? So adding, adding to and stacking new skills on top of skills is a, a must. It would, would you not agree? Yes, because we all grew up with the expression, if you don't use it, you lose it. (laughs) There it is, the simple breakdown. I love it. Yep, the simple breakdown. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that can go from your firefighter skills to my movie. Point blanket, period. If you went six months without training a fire, shooting off a fire hydrant, You'd be rusty at it. You might think I've done this for years. Oh, my God, I'm never going to forget it. But you know what? Your brain would stop firing those neurons. Now, I'm yeah. going to go back just for a second. We were talking about kettlebells earlier. To me, and this is just my experience. I can only speak from my experience. Kettlebells and traditional training like that are amazing. I would be nowhere without the beginnings of physical therapy and traditional training. But flow in all of its forms transitions easier for me into normal life. Into the life that I live on a daily basis. For example, because I know you were going there. There's a still mace move, and I forget the name of it for the moment, where it's behind you, just like this. The mace is right, is on your side, behind you. Oh, side-loaded? Is it side-loaded? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Okay, now, imagine I've dropped my keys. Instead of saying to my brain, well, freak, I dropped my keys again, I can just automatically think, 
go sideloaded, land a little bit further, and pick up your piece. To some people, that sounds like a really small micromanagement. However, when you deal with cerebral palsy, one of the things that I do not tell you clinically is the effect that your self-talk can have on your actual physical brain. So, if I think flow, it's a lot easier for me to pick stuff up off the floor. It's a lot easier for me to do simple things like get dressed in the morning. I had a challenge just the other day where a friend called me and said, hey, can you be ready in 20 minutes to go somewhere because I've got an invitation to lunch. Two years ago, forget that. Okay, that would not have been possible. They showed up 20 minutes from then outside my door and I'm looking at them like, hey, what's up? You know, wheelchair's gone, everything's gone. I'm on my walker with my bags, with everything, let's go. You know, and feeling like a champion because I haven't had to fight the muscle spasms to get there. Because the faster I rush to do something, the more muscle spasms I'm going to have. Oh, interesting. So it's like you're getting a misfire because you're getting too ahead of yourself. Okay, yes. let me let me be really clinical for a moment. In order for me to accomplish something, picking up a pencil, saying a word even, okay, where it takes one firing for your brain to do that, it takes about three for my brain to do that. Now, imagine if you're getting dressed, ready to hang out with your kids and your wife, and the whole time, your internal conversation is, oh, crap, they're going to be here in 15 minutes. Oh, crap, they're going to be here. I don't say that to myself consciously. That's what my brain does. Yeah. But now, because of flow, because of slowing everything down, and because of meditation, mind you, I'm able to go, no, Crystal, just shut all that stuff up. Shut all that crap up and just move. Yeah, what you're talking about here, anybody, no matter what their situation is, they can, they've lived exactly what you're talking about. Except for you, it's it's more uh, intense, let's say. But like a person yeah. who's rushing to get to work and they're 10 minutes late already and they go flying out the front door, they lock the door and then they get to their car and they realize they left their keys in the house because they're rushing and they're not, they're not taking their time. They're not flowing. So if anybody, you know, could put that into perspective, then think, I guess what you're saying, Crystal is you with cerebral palsy, you could wind up uh, falling or having muscle spasms and getting into a really bad situation if you get ahead of yourself and start rushing. Right. 
And also what I've experienced, going back to something you just said, is the more that I flow, the more the flow state itself comes into my normal life. Yeah, it's well-practiced, yeah. If I plan my flow, meaning if I come home and I am ticked off to heck and I flow, my brain, the next time I get ticked off, is going to flow. It's going to think, okay, Crystal, there's another option that you can choose from in your toolbox, right? Most people do not understand, Fred, we can both identify with this. Most people look at us and go, hey, you're crazy. Go pick up a barbell, dude. If you lost your mind, no, we haven't lost our mind. It's just we found another way to do it. Yeah. And we realize that for us anyway, that way is is beneficial, although we don't want to discount the other ways, right? No. But it's beneficial for us because I guarantee you, you've probably been in a situation rescuing somebody where your flow brain, because it's not flow state, right? It's those, those things that you've learned in flow come back to you. In, in critical moments. You're not in flow state, but you're in that space where you can feel the insights or the moments that you've had when you're in flow state, and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, this is how that translates to real life. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's, that's very interesting how you put all that because you – did describe firefighting basic training and you have never actually taken firefighter basic training. So how did you just do that? You did that because your understanding of being in a flow state, you see how it applies across the board. So I want to ask you how you um, approach your flow state, your situational awareness. That's kind of what we could call it too. Um, in the fire department, when especially when you're new, we're doing all these new tasks and there's a lot of things to do. So obviously repetition, repetition, repetition. But there's a planning phase ahead of time where we talk about what we're going to do and then we ask all the questions and we clear the little we shine the light on the dark corners in our mind, for for instance, and then we start training. And yeah, what what flow state we get into is that get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. By going through the repetition, everything becomes second nature. So now, are you approaching your flow state practice through the mace similarly? Do you plan out your flows ahead of time? And how do you do that, if that's what you did? Can you see this book? Yes. Okay. Wait, hold, hold, it, up, hold it up one more time because it was a little blurry. 
Hold on. P- uh, bring it forward. Uh, it's getting blurry, but it says, like, relax on it or something. Pull it back. Right. Yeah. That is literally my journal. I write two things down in. The reps that I'm, well, several things. The reps that I'm doing, in other words, the rep plan, where I'm at versus where I want to be, right? Then I write down any new move that challenges me that I need to work on. Then I have another section for the flows themselves and the stories that go behind the flows and this is right hand, this is left hand, you know, making sure they're even because I'm anal like that. <laughs> you know, um, yes, I write it down. I write it down because I can be, even though I'm an emotional being, I can be an analytical being as well. Because that that's just the way Crystal's wired. But, and I love both phases. I could sit there and, and learn from doing reps with you like crazy, you know, because I just pushed myself more than I did the day before, maybe. Right. But I also love those moments when I can pick it up and be the artist. When I can pick it up and be the artist and just say, okay, let's try to string these moves together. When I first got my mace, I was doing nothing but making boxes. <laughs> I literally had the thing in front of me, globe up, you know, globe on top. Yeah. Making boxes all the way around me. And that's all I could do. But my challenge was just to make it move. It wasn't how, it was, can I make this thing move? And I knew once I made it move one way, I, I knew I was going to have to put the work in. I knew it. But I knew that I, if if I could make it move one way, I could make it move several ways. And then all I, all I knew I had to do was sharpen skill. Now, mind you, I know that in order for me to do something, I have to do a lot more reps than you. Because I, in order for me to get in the flow state, I have to super program my brain so that it really knows the movement. Yeah. So a lot of what I do is what I refer to as shadow work. I'm not talking about emotional shadows, even though I deal with those too. I do a lot of work, like making meals with my hands, for example. Doing nothing with a club or a mix, just with my hands, so that by the time I pick up the flow instrument, my brain already knows where I'm going. My brain can take that vacation. One of my goals is to be Zach in club certified. Okay. I have no idea how that dude gets flow for hours and hours. And he's talking about his brain taking a vacation. I'm like, I wish. <laughs> I wish, dude. Like, yo, you know, must be nice. 
but I get where he's going with that. Well, because, you know, some uh, people have a skill of putting their brain on vacation. So, I mean, you know, right. that's that's a worked well, thing. You know, you got to work I'm on it. What I'm trying that. to say, though, is it would be extraordinarily hard mm. for me to do that. I know it's possible, but it would be, I would have to do a lot more reps before my brain would willingly take the vacation. But if you practice it long enough, it's all achievable, right? It's all achievable, absolutely. My right, so arms, my arms used to be locked like this. Yeah. My elbows, my elbows were locked at one point in my life, and I never will forget the day they were broken because that's the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. They both got um, broke at the same time. And cerebral palsy is not a muscle issue. It is a brain communication issue to the muscle. That is a huge differentiation. Not, they're not one and the same. What was happening is the doctors and the therapists unknowingly were putting so much emphasis on my legs that my arm muscles were starting to atrophy. Yeah. Okay. My grandmother at the time was studying nursing and um, CNA so that she could help care for me, okay? Because she realized I was going to need some intense care and she didn't want to put me in the system in the beginning. So she saw my muscles start to close up. Just imagine your arms closed up like a, like a, you know, like you're making a, about to punch somebody and your, your arms are closed. I went from both of my arms being like that to my grandmother literally yanking my arms and breaking both of my elbows. Yeah. Didn't happen in the doctor's office. It wasn't cute. <laughs> no, it was not abused. She did it lovingly. She did it, you know, hair. She just didn't want me to have to go through what the doctors put me through. So I went from that to being able to make meals with my arms. I yeah. mean, the way I look at it, how blessed am I, man? I mean. Yeah, because after you broke your elbows, they had to be, they had to heal. And that probably took months, mm -hmm. right? Yes, I had to and heal. I don't remember. I don't remember much of the healing process of it, but I, I intellectually can tell you, yes, there was some healing. However, I do remember the day that she broke them, and yeah. that was, you know, and and you know, we all go through life, Fred. We all go through life. You jump on the truck. You go save somebody's life. You do what you got to do, or in my case, you get up, you get dressed, you help somebody, whatever. But occasionally you have these moments when you're like, whoa, that was kind of awesome. Like, if it were not for the cosmos, however you want to put that, the higher realm, I wouldn't have made it through that one, you know? Right. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a. Uh, how old were you when, when that happened? I was around six. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, so so you've ever since you've been able to walk 
and talk, you've been doing physical training, uh, therapy, stuff like that for your cerebral palsy. In one form or the other, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, lifelong. It's a lifelong journey like it should be for everybody. Yeah. Let me let me say, may I be the poster child for the fact of how the rest of the world is supposed to be? How do I mean that? People, you could extend your life by moving. How fun is that? Now, there are days and months sometimes that when I was training traditionally, I was like, you know what? Forget this crap. Because I was not having it. If one more physical therapist told me to get in that position, I was going to scream my head off. Because I was tired of it. I was tired. But once I found flow, I don't get tired of it anymore. I mean, yeah, I may take a day off. Call recovery. It happens. But I don't look at it and go, Oh, God, I've got to do that. If I don't, I'm not going to be able to come next week. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I don't look at it as this drudgery anymore. It's more of a beautiful thing now. Even if I'm upset at something, I can pick it up and create rather than... Then just wallow in negativity. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's a tremendous thing. And um, going back to earlier, you you mentioned that you know you you were abused. Um, so uh, besides the you know having cerebral palsy and having to to constantly work on your physical fitness, um, right. which is which is like you know a, a sort of a a war of attrition. For if I, for lack of better description, I mean, you have to really maintain. It's a, it's a, it's a you don't have the, journey, Fred. That's all it is. Yeah, it's you don't have the luxury like journey. other people do. But now, right. how do, how do you um, deal with you know having been abused? Um, well, first at, off, first off, let me say it was not the abuse of my parents. Well, I ended up in very bad relationships. Because people thought that they could take advantage of me. And they they tried. How did I deal with the abuse? A lot of times I stuffed it. I mean, I'll be real. I stuffed it. I majored in psychology and religion. And a lot of ways to understand myself. But that was more of a... Boy, I'm starting to sound like Jamie Pinzo right now (laughs) from yesterday's podcast. But that was more of something, somebody telling me what I should do. Somebody else's story. Okay. Right, right. It's like I can read the stories in certain philosophical books all day long. But how does Crystal get there, right? How does Crystal get to what that story is telling me to do? I didn't know that journey. The way I knew that journey was I had to look inward. And you know yourself from hearing everybody speak. 
that you pick up a mace, you pick up clubs, and your your body is trying to tell your brain what to do, and your brain is letting your body do certain things. That was a tremendous unlock for me because it sent me on an inward journey. I was crying, and I didn't know why. Like, I, I, I couldn't really realize, okay, the use is coming up again, or... Or, oh, gee, I just saw a beautiful sunset and I'm crying. No, I would just be crying and I didn't know why. Didn't know if it was bad or good. I just, I was just there. So I was sent to look at what the heck happened. Right? All of my, all of my psychology that I studied, all of my religion that I studied, love it. It brought me to where I am, but it's not where I am right now. I tell Andrew all the time, don't I wish I knew all this stuff back before I majored in all that crap. That crap. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I because... think uh, that's a similar thing we all experience when we get a little older. We uh, start to look back on all the things that we thought were so important and we go, oh boy. <laughs> you, know, you put so much weight and yeah, you put yeah. so much on these things, and then you, you you get to a stage in life where you actually just go, you know what? Much ado about nothing. We we overcomplicate exactly. things. Overcomplicate yeah. things, oh, yeah. yeah. So go ahead. I didn't mean to derail you there. Yeah. No, I was just agreeing with what you're saying. We we overcomplicate things. And then you end up, I don't know if you did it, but I know I did. You end up in the regret of Spending time over complicating things. <laughs> yeah. So it is this endless cycle of whatever. And with flow, I just look at it and I go, okay, I'm feeling this emotion. Okay. What do I, you know, maybe it's, you know what, darn it, today I want to do something and celebrate the fact that I'm still here when nobody told me I could be. So when you feel the emotion, you write it in this journal you keep, right? So you connect well, the emotion to the movement? I usually don't write that stuff down. Okay. Because I automatically just know that intrinsically. What I write down is more of the technical stuff. All right. So now... now mind you, I haven't been through level two yet, and I hear there's a lot of writing down of emotion. So you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. not opposed to any of that. I'm just telling you where I'm at right now. Okay. And and as far as emotions are concerned, um, not every emotion that we feel is, like, correct uh, to the situation sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes we might be angry at somebody because we... Wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that way. Okay, how would you say it? I know, I know where you're headed. I, I have a question, so so go ahead. Sure. The reason I say that is every emotion that we feel is valid, regardless of the situation we are in. Yeah. Every emotion that we feel is valid and should be acknowledged. For me, my problem was rather than saying something to somebody when they valid. They violated a boundary or something. Yeah. I would stuff it. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, I wouldn't yeah. express it. I would stuff it. So I would have. I would. I was in essence an internal pressure cooker. Yeah. Which was doing a lot. You know, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't scream. I wouldn't yell. I wouldn't anything. Everything was going on inside my head. But just imagine what that was doing to my body. Oh, yeah. And the chemicals and everything like that. It was toxic. Yeah. It was toxic. So, yeah, validating your feelings, definitely. I, I, I like what you're saying there. Uh, but, like, I've learned through life that sometimes we will – I was using anger as an example. Sometimes we'll be angry at somebody in our life because – we perceive them doing something to us. But if we right. like went and actually asked them about it and said, Hey, you know, I noticed before you said this or you did that. And I took it this way. Am I, am I, you know, feeling that right? They'll say, Oh, absolutely not. I wasn't doing anything like that. In fact, I was, I was upset myself because, you know, this guy at work called me a name and so on and so forth. Right. And it, and then exactly. you go, oh, gee, my perception. Yeah. So I always wondered, when you're doing flow and you're connecting emotions and stuff like that, are we, are you able to actually solve this riddle sometimes? Like, can you discover like, Hey, this is an emotion I was feeling that really didn't line up with reality. Is this a way to kind of like detect those types of um, emotions that have gone astray? Okay, I'm going to back up. My dear sweet teacher, Tignan, that I love and appreciate very dearly, always said, your insights from your meditation do not come in meditation. Okay? I'll say it this way. The insights in flow, for me, do not come in the middle of flow state. What happens with me is I've just created something really beautiful and then I go wash dishes and I'm like, oh, that's what that meant. And to me, that's when I have that aha moment of, wait a minute, maybe their perception was not aimed at me. Happened just last night. <laughs> it happened just last night. I was like, I, and I caught myself. I was like, oh, crap. I was about to head down a negative rabbit hole. And everybody goes down. My emotions are no more, no worse than anybody else's. And I caught myself. And I was like, oh, wow. That's fascinating. Uh, glad you didn't take that trip, Crystal. You know? Glad you didn't take that trip. So that, you know, yeah, I mean, but it's just often more of the insights come after, for me personally, they come after I've already flowed. Okay. Um, you know, rather than being in the, in the middle of flow state. Yeah. Because in the middle of flow state, the best thing to describe what I feel is the space itself. What I call the space of flow state, it's just. I don't want to say there's nothing there because everything is actually there philosophically, but well, it's nothing really and and something right. at the same time, right? right? 
It's emptiness, right, exactly. but it's yes. filled. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that comes out and then it takes form into that insight. Like I was just thinking of where you can have the moment of aha. That's what that meant. Gotcha. So this is a epic journey for you. And I love how you, you view it that way. I could, I mean, the way you talk about it, I mean, this, this is like the, uh, the good stuff in life. It's like, it's like when you are sitting on a park bench and a nice family walks by and a little kid just smiles at you and keeps walking and you just go, Psh, that was it. The, that's life right there. You know, everybody else is worried about making money and going on vacations and jewelry and all this craziness. And it's like, wait a minute. Look at the simple things right in front of you. You could pick up a steel mace. You could pick up a club. You could design a little flow pattern. You could really just sink your teeth into that. And that is life. You're in the moment, right? That's a big one, being in the moment. Yeah. Has that... Uh, become more pronounced for you since you've been using steel mace I love what you just said and the fact is you know being in the moment I have a tendency because of my issues and because of the repercussions of some of my issues to either be lost in my past or my future sometimes like oh I wish I would have done that or I'll go down this endless rabbit hole of things that could happen. With steel mace, you can't do that. Because as we all know, the steel mace and the clubs talk back to you. <laughs> yes. You get too long in the past or the future, that steel mace is going to talk back to your leg or your arm or your head. Or, I mean, or your tooth. And we... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, my steel mace talked back to one of my surgery scars, one of the first time I ever played that thing, and it was not polite. Let me <laughs> tell you, it was not nice. <laughs> but in order for me to be, one of the things I work on on a daily basis now is being more in the present moment. And I, that's one of the reasons I love flow is because you have to be in the present moment. You cannot be anywhere else. You cannot do it. It does not happen. Yeah. Otherwise you're just, for me it doesn't. yeah, you're, if you're not in the present moment, then you're not really doing it. You're just going through right. the mechanical motions, if you will. Right. How cool would it be? I was sitting with this thought last night. You know, we all talk about, there's always all this talk about programming and how many times we've been programmed to believe this and programmed to believe that. What if, what if, what if the things that we were programmed to believe became artistic art forms? What if they were flow moves? instead of divisions and hatred and 
you can't do this or you can't do that or you can't. One of my visions is to put it out there where flow goes everywhere I go. I mean, I was flowing at the grocery store the other day and people thought I had literally lost my mind. I was waiting on an Uber, having the time of my life, blowing my clubs. Can I can I tell you, I did the same thing in a supermarket with my wife and she got embarrassed and turned around and walked away. I actually was doing a side lunge. And I oh, mean, wow. I had people... Yeah. I don't care. I, I'm... I don't care right. if people look at me. I'm like, so what? You know, what's, but so my wife is, my, my wife just got surprised by it. She said, what are you doing? I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm flowing. <laughs> yeah. My, my thing is, and I tell people in the flow community this all the time. I've said this to Rick Brown. I say it to Andrew on a regular basis. I've said it to Leo. I know people are watching. Me. Yeah. I know this. People watch me everywhere I go. I know it. I get it. I understand it. In a lot of ways, I'm like Quasimodo in human form. So if they're going to watch me, I'm going to give them a reason to. <laughs> okay. And it's not going to be cerebral palsy. It's going to be something beautiful. I love it. That is awesome. And you said you spoke with Rick Brown? I, I speak with him regularly on Instagram. I haven't spoken with him via the phone yet. Hopefully okay. one of these days that will happen. But, you know, I plan on, I want to do his search. There's so many certs out there right now that I want to do. It's yeah. crazy. Because I've always loved, you know, Fred, when you almost die, when you literally almost flatline, and you know this, and you have the knowledge of it, and you were raised with that knowledge. There's a certain amount of boldness that comes with it. I'm not speaking of arrogance. I'm a, you know, I'm a very respectful woman. This is yes, creator. However, you want to put that Buddha in my case. Um, you want to put that. You know, you can say. That yes, you you made us operate in certain parameters, but dang it, you you know the evil forces almost tried to take me off the planet. What are you referring went, to right now? What happened when I was born? Okay, there was a a moment the night before I was born. My mother was put under drastic trauma, physically and emotionally, and by a person who just misunderstood the situation. Her blood pressure skyrocketed. Six hours later, I was born six weeks early. That is the genesis of my cerebral palsy. Well, after I was born, I almost died two or three times. I grew up knowing that. I grew up knowing that, hey, kiddo, you almost weren't here. How old were well, you when you first learned that story? 
I was three years old. Do you remember? I was three years old. Do you remember being three and hearing that story? Because that's really young. Uh, do you I, remember that? I know, I know. I remember. Yes, I remember when I was told. I remember so the situation. What What went through your head at three years old when you heard that? A tremendous sense of awe. Awe. I was just like, I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened, but I just looked back and I was like, oh, wow. Of course, I didn't understand that at three, you know, all the words like awe and stuff, but... yeah. It was just like, if I could put words to it now, it was like, oh my gosh, my body may be broken, you know, broken in the eyes of the world, so to speak, but I'm so fortunate that I'm here in the form that I'm in. Like, there are people that are much, much, much worse off than me. I know that. And most, and, and here's the kicker, Fred, here's the kicker, most of the people who are worse off than me are worse off than me because they're trapped in their own mind. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with anybody's body, guys. I'm telling you, I'm living proof of that. So you have a very deep sense of gratitude. Um, and yes. And... And it seems like that started at age three. Well, my family did a lot of things right. And one of the things they did right was ground me in the sense of how fortunate I am. Now, I can have days where I feel like telling the world to go to heck. I mean, honestly, like, it's tough. I'm sure you have days where I'm like, if that drunk person calls one more time, I'm not going to, whatever they did, I'm not going back to the house. But you got to do it, because you took an oath to protect the bird, right? Well, the way I do it is I took an oath somehow, somewhere in the cosmos, and I got something in my eye, but I, other than tears, I mean, but... The point do, you, is, do you want to take I a made, we could pause if no, you want to I'm okay. good. I'm good. But the thing about it is I made a promise somewhere in the cosmos to live my life the best way that I can and make something beautiful out of it. Yeah. And the world may not call it beautiful. Certain people in the world may not even understand it, but you know what? My life is to tell my story, live my life, and be an example. The ones I feel sorry for, Fred, are the ones that are trapped in their own minds. That's why I believe so strongly in, in put Mason hands, because yeah. the mace is easy. The mace is easy. You know, like, pick up something. You never thought you were going to be an artist, right? Well, pick up something and become an artist. And who cares if nobody else sees the artwork? 
Yeah. It's for you. I mean, like, your own wife was sitting there while you were in the store flowing, going, what the heck is he doing? <laughs> what I want to know is what the conversation afterwards was like, because she probably saw something with you in that moment that she'd never seen before. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, she saw something. <laughs> I don't know what. I'm not sure what the conversation was. I think it was uh, like, "Why are you so stupid?" <laughs> but um, that's when, that's when you hand her the mace and say, "You want me to show you?" Yeah, that's all I you mean, gotta do. Literally, I I'll tell you what. On that note, uh, I've had some people. I won't say where, but let's just say some big tough guys. And uh, uh, yeah. swinging that ten pound weight around, what the heck? And I go, yeah, here, go ahead, try it. <laughs> and they can't even swing a ten pound mace. Big strong guys I'll, with muscles. And then all of a sudden, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you one, Fred. Go ahead. Take it, take it to engine six, right? Have them pull the body dummy. Have them pull the body dummy just like they have to do. It's not like I don't know. Have them swing the mace and go back and do it. Yeah. I I could see the point in that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, have them swing the mace. If they're going to talk crap, if they're <laughs> going to talk junk, show them how to do it. Yeah. You know what? You should uh, get a job working on a fire department training these guys. <laughs> people you know they need a good they need a good coach and uh you're no nonsense and that's a good approach with the fire department no nonsense so that's really good but your sense of gratitude is um i don't want to lose track on that part of the conversation it, it it really hit me hard today speaking with you and it reminded me of you know the importance of being in the moment and showing gratitude for what we have right now and not being hung up on what we did in the past or where we're going in the future. And, you know, I also, I don't know who's wa going to watch this podcast, you know, or right. listen to it, but you, you're know. very important. You, you crystal are very important in this community because you are leading the way for people who are in a similar situation as you, who think they can't do anything, who think that they're stuck, who, who feel disconnected from the rest of the world, right? You seem to have figured this out through mostly all hard work, which I applaud you for. Uh, you know, we're talking decades of hard work. I, I, you know, you're a seasoned veteran in this. And um, what I want people to hear is that you reached out, you got some coaching, but you keep a journal, you use the journal, yeah. um, and you're doing something that uh, you thought was impossible. And I don't know uh, if I'm, you know, if I'm taking too much liberty here, but I think if anybody's in a situation similar to you and they're looking for a way to do better, maybe they should talk to you. I don't know if you're offering people to connect with you or not. Um, but if always, somebody wants... I'm always open to conversations. 
So how can people um, get in touch with you? Crystal, 1975, Johnson, all the way out. Some people may know me with some underscores in my name, but I recently had to change it because my Instagram got hacked. Um, I okay. just went that as well. Yeah, I'm going to put... I'm going to put that in the show notes, uh, and that should also be on the bottom of the screen for this podcast. Yeah. Crystal1975 Johnson. But can people yeah. email you or anything like that? Yeah. Um, can I just give you my email and have you post it? Yeah. Let me, um, let me pull it up, and I'll read it. So yeah. your email, Crystal's email, if you want to get in touch with her, is um, – DismondCrystal at gmail.com. So that's D-I-S-M-O-N-D, Crystal, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, at gmail.com. DismondCrystal at gmail.com. People can reach out uh, and get any questions about how to get started with this and what to do. One thing I'm not going to do, Fred, is I'm not going to lead somebody in the wrong direction. Yeah. So if I don't know the answer, I'm very willing to say I don't know the answer. But I know within the MACE community, within the club community, somebody does know the answer. And one of the reasons I admire you, Donna, is you keep the connections going. Like, you won't let us drop those connections. You keep us mindful of all the connections that we have. And, you know, you were talking about what got me into the most community. I never felt strange. Like, I, I may have felt awkward because I was just learning something. But I never felt like I didn't belong. You can't learn something if you feel like you don't belong somewhere. Good point. That your brain, your brain can't process those two things at the same time. So I finally found a place. Granted, I had to go through heck to get there, but I finally found a place that allowed me to be me in the process of growth, meaning that I'm going to have some rough edges. And have the ability to express myself in the process. Yeah. And I I think, uh, you know, somebody such as yourself, you're an ambassador. You could speak to things that uh, maybe someone like me cannot. You know, if somebody has a similar situation, they might have certain um, fears, for instance, um, that – a guy like me just wouldn't understand where you, on the other hand, you could say, Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Or, you know, uh, you know, just anything like questions on just what it's all about. Even if somebody's not interested in using a mace, they could still learn a lot from you. You have, um, that sense of gratitude and you're, um, you're well, you're well educated too. Like you said, uh, what you, did in school and everything uh, that does stand for something you know that i mean i know uh we were kind of making a joke about that earlier but that you know you you know i envy people who have you know college degrees and stuff like that who are able to 
to, you know, hit the books hard and everything like that. You're smart. You're a smart person. I like smart people. Um, so, yeah, I, I think. That's because you're smarter than you give yourself credit for, Fred. Oh, <laughs> shucks. <laughs> but, yeah, you um, you bring a, a light to this that, um, you know, I really appreciate. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you come back on the podcast in the future because we could talk about anything. We could talk about training. We could talk about uh, spiritual stuff. Um, whatever you want to talk about, whatever the audience wants to hear, you know, uh, please, right. people, make make comments uh, down below uh, if you have any questions for Crystal or you want to have her come back on. Um, it would be fun. Crystal, once any... The, once, the, once this is posted, I will be watching your comments. Okay. So I would be more than happy to respond to anything. Um, the only thing that I would say is scared of something. If you are fearful of anything, we've all been there. Don't count yourself out because of the negative voices. Every human being on this earth has one more breath and a seed of greatness. Every human being on this earth has one more breath and a seed of greatness. Pick that mace up, pick those clubs up, pick whatever you choose to pick up up. And do something. I dare you. I dare you. Lovely. All right, Crystal Johnson, everybody. Thanks for coming on. And uh, having this great conversation. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, send Crystal your love. And uh, please don't forget to share this podcast. Reason why is because there's other people out there that may need to hear Crystal's message. And if you could share at least once and keep that going, uh, we can help a lot of people. So I'm asking everybody that serious favor right now. Crystal, thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Fred. You're welcome. It was a pleasure having you. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you at the next one.